You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. For the past couple of weeks, we've been going through a series of episodes where we are sharing our thoughts on all things brand, marketing, and storytelling. For the life of this podcast, we've always interviewed other ministry executives, asking them to share their thoughts and insights on marketing, strategy, fundraising, and a long list of other topics. We felt it was finally time to share our own thoughts and insights and ideas, and that's what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. If you're just joining us, be sure to go back and listen to those previous episodes. There's a lot of great content in those episodes, and each episode builds on the last, so you don't want to miss any of these. In our last episode, we discussed documentary storytelling, and more specifically, we highlighted the first phase titled pre-production. Today, we're going to be tackling and sharing our production process. This documentary storytelling process is the exact process we use when we create films for our clients. I shared a quote in the pre-production episode, and I'll continue reminding you of this quote as we progress through these documentary production episodes. Marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make, but about the stories that you tell. I remember I said that in the ministry sector, it could read, Marketing is no longer about your services, statistics, strategies, or models, but about the stories that you tell. God is at work in your ministry, transforming lives. The opportunities to tell a beneficiary story, one that will engage with audiences, those opportunities are endless because we serve a God that is endlessly transforming lives. Those are the stories that will engage with audiences and garner emotional engagement and response from your audience. Let's tell those stories rather than the traditional ministry marketing videos that talk about your ministry's history, your ministry's strategies, or the statistics around your ministry's cause. Give testimony to what God is doing through your organization. It will bring Him glory and your ministry support. All right, in our first video part one episode, we we focused on the pre-production stage in our documentary storytelling process. We spent the entire episode discussing our pre-production process, and today we'll be focusing on the actual production. This is the stage where we get to actually start creating content. If we've done our job right in the pre-production process, we should have plenty of solid, we, we should have a pretty solid plan laid out for capturing what we need in this process or production stage. <clears throat> Before we go any further, I do want to highlight a setting in your camera that you're going to need to be aware of specifically in regards to video, at least when it comes to video production on a DSLR. When video is captured in your camera, it's essentially taking a bunch of photos consecutively and smashing all of those photos together to create a moving picture. The number of images that are taken within a second is called your frames per second, or FPS. You're going to have to decide what setting you want your camera capturing video at. 24 frames per second or 24 FPS is a great starting point and the standard for most videos. It's going to give your footage a really nice natural film look. 
60 frames per second or 60 FPS is another option. And that can be good for scenes that have a lot of motion. 60 frames per second will capture that motion a little more clearly. And then there's 120 frames per second. Not all cameras offer 120 frames per second, but if yours does, that's going to be used for slow motion. On this setting, your camera will capture more frames in a second that can be used really well once you slow the footage down in post-production. Depending on the look you want and the settings you choose, that's going to determine the shutter speed that you set at your, your camera at. If you want 24, per, 24 frames per second, which will be the case in most instances, you'll want to set your camera shutter to be about double your frames per second. Obviously, 24 times 2 is 48, so it's not exact, but 1 50th of a second is the closest to doubling 24 frames per second that we have. If you've set your frames per second to 60 frames per second, you'll set your shutter speed to 1 120th of a second, and so on. Now, this is not a hard and fast rule, but try to follow this rule when you can. It's going to help your footage look better. And again, this is for those of you shooting on DSLR platforms. For those of you with camcorders and more traditional video cameras, the camera might change things automatically for you depending on the FPS setting you choose. If you've got an older camcorder, you might have you might not have these options at all. Familiarize yourself with your camera and then use these tips to hone your skills. All right, with that caveat out of the way, the first thing we want to focus on in the production stage of the process is finding your location. Remember, we're coming from the pre-production process with ideas on locations. Now it's time to settle on a location and set up for the interview. We want to ask a couple of questions when deciding on a location. What is the story about? Remember, we're assuming that we are telling a single character-driven beneficiary story. So it might make the most sense to interview the character in their home or a setting that's personal to the character. If the story was about their role in the ministry or if the story was specifically focused on your ministry, you might want to conduct interviews in an environment related to your work. We want to look for locations that offer depth and visual interest. Stay away from placing your interviewee up against a wall or flat surface. We want to look for locations that offer good lighting and consistent lighting. Indoor locations near win- windows and doors can be great for interviews if you can find spots with enough separation from the background. Outside can be difficult for interviews because the light is always changing. If you do an interview outside, try to stick to shaded spots that you know will be shaded for the length of the interview. Remember, the sun is always moving and the shadows with it. A shaded spot at the start of an interview might be too sunny by the end. It's also helpful to find spots with leading lines that can point to the subject in the frame. We want the composition of the interview to draw our audience in. We also want to look for spots that are quiet. Rooms indoors that have furniture can work well to reduce echoes. Lastly, areas with foot traffic in the the background or tree leaves slightly blowing in the wind in the background can be great spots. The movement isn't too distracting from the interview and can can serve to increase visual appeal. But conversely, Too much background movement can be distracting. Once you've landed on a location for your interview, you can begin recording the interview. In the the pre-production episode last week, 
I encourage you to stick to the interview questions PDF that we've designed and offered on our website. That remains true here. We won't share the specific questions in today's episode because the resource is free on our site. Just be sure to go check it out. The interview questions resource is going to help you pull the full story from your subject. In this episode, what I want to do is quickly highlight a couple things to keep in mind during the interview. First, always have the interviewee say and spell their name and say their title and role within the organization. Second, your interview questions should follow a structure. Again, we encourage you to simply stick to the structure laid out in our interview questions resource. Third, allow for surprises. In the pre-production stage, we've already outlined the story. But once you start filming and asking questions, the subject might start revealing things on camera that weren't offered up in initial conversations. Follow up on those things that they say that seem interesting. Allow space in the interview for a little conversation and show genuine interest in the person being interviewed. This is a real person with a real story. And sometimes that story involves difficult things or trauma. They wouldn't be sitting in the chair if they hadn't experienced challenges and struggles. You also might find pieces of the story that you hadn't planned on uh, that give greater depth to the story. You may even find a completely new direction for the themes and message you thought you were going to be communicating. Be open to the possibility that your pre-production plan might get completely altered or derailed. It's often in these interviews that God reveals nuances and depth on how he's moved in the person's life. We can plan all we want, and it's good and necessary to plan. But at the end of the day, it's important to allow the Holy Spirit to direct and ultimate uh, direct the ultimate direction and the story that he wants told. Fourth, during the interview, don't make any sounds or, or agreement or interjections while the interviewee is answering the questions. These will interfere with the audio and they could cause the interview, the interviewee to trip up or awkwardly pause in the middle of a sentence. Simply nod your head if you need to make some sort of encouraging signal. Fifth, once the interviewee finishes an answer to a question, always give a few seconds of silence. They might have more to say, but they are simply taking a moment to pause and think through their next sentence. Lastly, encourage the interviewee from the beginning to include the question that you asked within their answer. You can even remind them of this every time you ask a new question. You can do this by saying something like, how's the weather? And please include part of that question in your answer. This will ensure their response is, the weather is sunny rather than sunny. By including part of the question in the answer, the interviewee is including context for the audience without requiring the interviewer's question to be voiced in the film. Now, in the event your character doesn't speak English, you're going to want to have a translator on scene and off camera, but close enough to where the camera or the audio recording device can pick up the translator's audio really well. When it comes to translation, there are a couple things to keep in mind. As you work through your questions, allow for translation after every answer your beneficiary gives. Don't ask a new or follow-up question until the answer has been translated. This is going to help significantly in the editing and post-production process. I'll say this again because it's so important. 
Ensure that you have someone translating on scene while the interview is taking place, while the cameras are rolling so that you don't have to worry about the subtitles and translation back home. The last piece of advice I want to share in regards to interviews is in regards to filming with multiple cameras. Shooting with multiple cameras can be a great way to mix up your options in the editing process. Now, if you've only got one camera, please don't hear me say that you have to have two cameras in order to do an interview. You can still create a great film with a single camera. But multiple camera angles during an interview can help provide options in the editing process and give variety to the interview. Once we start talking about B-roll, you'll hear me encourage you to get close, medium, and wide shots. When you're shooting an interview, you're going to want to focus on those medium and close shots. Generally speaking, it's best to set your primary camera up with a medium shot, showing the character's waist or chest up, and your second camera should then be in tight at either a chest up framing or neck up framing, and maybe even closer. The closer you get to the character, the more intimate the shot will feel to the audience. More often than not, I like my second camera to be neck up. That's usually plenty close, and there are always options to crop in tighter in post-production if it becomes necessary. And that is my advice for for the interview in the production stage. Now that we've shot our interview, we can start working on B-roll and the drama scenes if those are relevant to the story that you're telling. So let's move into the supporting content phase of the production process. Now, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but most documentary films need supporting content. You can get away with talking head videos for testimonies, and there's definitely a place for that kind of content. But in general, if you want your film to have a good production value and be visually engaging, B-roll and supporting content are going to be required. Otherwise, the film will be dry and visually unengaging. In most cases, interview-only films should be saved for educational videos. Now, I say that we are in the process of creating templated talking head testimony strategy uh, with the End Story Poverty Initiative we're involved with. But the point of that strategy is to get the church moving in the direction of video testimony on a more regular basis. It's a strategy to get the church moving in the right direction before we introduce some of these more involved film production methods. Your supporting content and B-roll are the spice and flavor of the interview. The story is held in the interview, but the B-roll will make that story come to life and pop off the screen. So let's spend some time discussing the various forms of supporting content. First, we've got B-roll. Again, interviews can be it can tend to be a little stagnant. If your entire film was made up in the interview footage, the film will have a difficult time connecting with the audience. B-roll is used to bring visual appeal, creativity, and dimension to the story. B-roll will help provide context and visual clarity for the viewer as the interview or narrative progresses. B-roll is where we get to be creative with our shots. When we set out to capture your B-roll footage, there are a couple of things you're going to want to keep in mind. I mentioned this earlier, but try and capture a variety of wide, medium, and close-up shots of every single action or scene that you capture. This is going to provide you with options in your editing process. As you work through your B-roll footage, shoot the shots that you planned for in the pre-production stage 
and create space to suit B-roll for the things that arose out of your interview that you might not have expected. Remember, the interview will almost always shine a light on and open up opportunities for expansion in your plan. And you want to give space to create B-roll that's related to those unexpected unexpected moments in your interview. Make sure that you keep note of the things that spark your interest during the interview that you think would be good B-roll opportunities. This is a big reason why the interview needs to come first. The next element of supporting content or drama scenes or recreation scenes. There may be instances where the story you are telling calls for a recreation of the scenes discussed in the interview. If you've chosen to tell a docudrama-style documentary, this will most certainly be the case. Now, I said this in the pre-production course or episode, but recreating drama scenes where you have your character or actors act out scenes from the story can be difficult for a variety of reasons. First, it does make the filming process more complicated. It can be very expensive to work with actors, regardless of whether you're filming in-country or internationally, and it can also be difficult for the subject or character if you're asking them to reenact scenes from a traumatic time in their life. This style of documentary is not to be taken lightly, and it should make absolute sense to tell this kind of story before you enter into a docudrama-style project. Inviting a child who has been rescued out of some form of trafficking to reenact a scene from that story is incredibly dangerous if they haven't had the proper time for healing and or therapy. In most cases, you're going to want to use an actor for these kind of scenes. This is another big reason why the pre-production process is so important. You'll want to know whether or not the character in your story is ready to share their story or reenact parts of their story before you start filming. If you do decide you want to pursue the docudrama style, here are some key points to keep in mind. First, there is no need to be literal in your scenes. Here's what I mean by that. If you are telling a story of a character who was sex trafficked as a child, there is no need to reenact the horrifying details of that part of their story. You can communicate that part of a story in an abstract way. For example, you might shoot a scene where the camera is looking over the shoulder of a shady male figure who is watching your character or an actor from afar. This is going to communicate the same thing to the audience. Get creative and a little abstract with these scenes, especially the ones that are especially difficult. This is obviously an extreme example, but this goes for a wide variety of circumstances. The second thing to keep in mind when pursuing the docudrama is angles and perspective. We discuss angles and perspective in pretty good detail in our photography courses, so be sure to check out those courses for a more detailed discussion on this topic. For today, I want to revisit angles and perspective and how they specifically relate to video production. Where you place the camera in relation to your subject plays an important role in both photography and film. With video especially, the closer the camera is to the subject, the closer the audience is to the subject, and therefore there will be a more intimate connection between the audience and the character. This can serve to emotionally engage your audience really well, but if used poorly or unwisely, can serve to take advantage of your character. Be sure that you have permission to get in close to your subject. If they have not given that permission, find another shot. Or you can use lenses that allow you to get in tight without smashing the camera in someone's face. We also want to use close-up shots at the right time in the film. 
If you are in tight and close to your subject for the entire film and a majority of your shots are close-ups, it's not going to have the same impact as it would if you use those shots sparingly and timely. Save your tight close-up shots for pivotal moments in the story, and those shots will have greater emotional impact on your audience. We also want to pay attention to where the camera is in relation to the character on a vertical axis. Footage where the camera is pointed down on your subject will give the audience a feel of superiority and pity. Keep your camera at eye level in most cases, and then adjust depending on the feel or emotion you're trying to portray. There might be circumstances when you might want to shoot up at your subject in the film to make the audience feel like the character is in a position of power. This might serve the film well towards the end where they've been where they've seen transformation and are looking forward to the point or to the future with new newfound hope. Or you may want to shoot down on your subject during a point in the story where they might feel belittled or trapped in their situation. But don't let that be your default camera position. Keep the camera at eye level unless there is a very good reason to do otherwise. All right. Now I want to spend some time discussing one of the most overlooked parts of the video process in ministry video production, audio. Audio is incredibly important, but it often goes unnoticed and underserved. Great audio goes unnoticed. That's why it's often not taken seriously. But poor audio can outright ruin a film. Good audio is going to make your film come to life, and it will give your film greater depth And if done well, your audience might not even take notice. Here are a couple tips to keep in mind when capturing audio. First, if you can afford to attach a mic to your camera, do so. Don't rely on the mic that is built into your camera. In most cases, those microphones are terrible, and the audio that they capture won't be very good. Almost all modern smartphones can capture audio. When you're doing interviews, get a mini lavalier microphone that plugs into your phone and use that to capture audio. If you don't have access to a lavalier mic, record audio into the phone by placing the cell phone as close to the character as possible. There's a good chance it'll be better audio than the audio picked up by your default camera mic. Now that you've captured audio for the interview, it's time to capture natural sound audio. This is going to help give your film context and audio depth. If you've got a scene with a busy street life, capture the sounds of the hustle and bustle. Cars driving and honking, people walking and talking, birds chirping, and so on. If you've got a scene in the background, capture the sounds from that scene separately from the video footage. River water running, grass blowing in the wind, leaves rustling, etc. Anything that you can used to layer in the editing process is going to give the audio track depth and life. Don't rely on the microphone you're using for your interview to capture these sounds as well. Look to create an audio file for as many sounds as possible, a separate audio file. That way you can layer your audio and that's what it's going to give your audio track depth. And lastly, if at all possible, capture local songs from local musicians, local music, and local worship. Have the kids in the community sing songs and record that audio. Oftentimes, the church we're visiting will have prepared something. You can plan for this in the pre-production phase, too. Have the church prepare something with the kids or the choir. 
One of the missing links to creating films of high quality is music. Local music can give your film an audio track that is contextualized to the place that you're shooting or filming in. If you're filming in Africa, use local music and your listener will be transported to Africa while watching the film. Local music and local sounds can have a uh, can have a way of drawing the viewer into the film and give them the sense that they're on site, sometimes better than incredible vis- vi- visuals. Most of the time, we see Western instrumental music songs played in the background of a film that wasn't shot in the West, and this is a missed opportunity to give cultural depth and context to a film. I've talked before about a film that will be released soon by World Vision, and I think it's going to change the ministry video scene forever. It's a film where the entire audio track was recorded in the country the film was shot, and the audio alone in that film makes the viewer feel like they are in country. This is the power great audio has on a film and the viewer. It can help transport you to a location with great power. Don't neglect audio. Make as much effort as your budget will allow in the audio space and your film will be better for it. Once again, this is the documentary storytelling process that we follow when we enter into a project. We've got free resources on our site that highlight the entire process. Feel free to check those resources out for yourself. These resources can help serve as a guide throughout your filmmaking process. Print it out and follow it step by step. It'll make a huge difference in your production. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.